All right, lots of you wanting to weigh in on what we've talked about so far today, so let's get right to it. We're going to start with Clout. Clout is joining us. Hi, Clout, what are your thoughts? It's uh, Klaus. Like Klaus, I thought so. Yeah. That, that's Sarah's no, fault. No we'll, I'll have a chat with her after the show. <laughs> All right, uh, no worries. Hey, listen, I happen to be uh, part of that group that was labeled as Rabble Rousers, mm-hmm. and I take issue with that okay. because there was actually only three individuals that were pushing down the fences, not dozens, as some of the media reported. And uh, the group was basically telling them, don't do that. And, and one of the pit stops on the convoy up, it was very, very clearly stated that we do not touch the fence. We are there to be peaceful. So I just wanted to uh, make that clear. And, okay, and so hang on, hang on. You, I want to get, I wanna get, uh, get the details right here. You came up from southern Alberta to take part in that? That is correct, yeah. We live in Three Hills. Wife and I drove up to join that convoy, and yes, we were up there. Okay, why did you decide to do that? Why, why was that how you decided to spend your Sunday morning? Because we are absolutely appalled that in this country somebody would throw a fence around a church. Um, okay, let's back up. Let's go back six weeks to where they were asked to follow the restrictions like everybody else and decided not to. You know, do they take any responsibility in the fact that the fence went up around the church when it didn't have to if they had just complied with the restrictions like every other church in the province did? Well, you know what? I'm not sure if you've been on their website at all, but they actually, uh, about three months ago, published something. This was in February indicating all of the steps that they took as a congregation, i.e. they were tested, they isolated for 14 days to make sure that nobody in the, in the church was positive. And so yeah, on that's, that basis, that's all well and good, but there's a set of rules in place for all Albertans. They can't start making their own rules to get around right, the rules okay. that all and, of us and about, and about those rules, I believe it was our, our dear friend Albert Einstein who gave the definition of insanity, and that is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So here we are 13 months in, and the thing is not working. You've got a fair point there. Um, You know, we haven't handled this well. Uh, Do you attend a church in Three Hills? I actually do, and I am one of the ones that ends up watching it online because of the limitations that have been imposed on the churches locally. Okay, so you've managed to adapt and make it work. Why can't they? No, it's not. It's not working. It's absolutely frustrating because we miss the fellowship of other people. Yeah, all Albertans do. All Albertans do. I mean, you know, I haven't seen my my parents in in months and months and months and months. And there's people that will tell you the same thing. All Albertans. That, that's do. right. I mean, we. So we why lost, do they think it's two. okay for them to say it's too hard for us? Everybody else can do it, but we're not going to. Why are they special? Is the question I'm asking. Well, the reason is they've they've seen through the uh, the smoke and mirrors that aren't working and have just decided to take a stand, and I, I commend them for that. And I wish, I wish more churches in this province and in this country would have the intestinal fortitude to stand up and, and thumb their noses at these silly regulations that do not work. You're not alone. There are a lot of Albertans who feel the same way. There's a lot who don't, and that, that's sort of the spot that we're in. But I appreciate the call, Klaus. Thanks very much. Yeah, just, just one quick comment, okay, quickly, if I quickly. may. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was just way too many RCMP, and as a taxpayer... That is a whole lot of wasted money. Like to to prevent people from parking in that area, some people walked as many as five kilometers to get to the site to show their support. It was a choice they made. They didn't have to be there. And and you know, I I don't know what the what the rules are. Yeah. I know there was uh, there's some native land bordering there. Yeah, Enoch Cree Nation is there. To, yeah, to, yeah. To see to see a gentleman standing in his driveway with a high powered rifle, uh, that that's a little bit disturbing. So, 
you have a lot of problems with um, people having to walk to um, an area where they're going to break the rules. You have a lot of issues with people protecting private property uh, that they don't want people trampling on and parking on. Um, but you don't have any issues with um, the people from the church violating uh, a number of rules that were set out. So you, you were picking when you talk ch- about people protecting private property, the church does not have access to their own private property, and that's very, very disturbing. We're not a third-world country with a dictatorship, although we're leaning towards that direction. We're at the, at the whim of the government. They can just close off your property. That's very, very disturbing to see that direction happening. Yeah, and you know what? And I think the church uh, is fully responsible for that. I think they had access to their facility for 15% capacity and virtual services, just like every other church. The reason the church is in the position they're in now is because of the actions the church took, pure and simple. If they had done what every other church did, they'd be in the exact same position as every other church. They pushed it to this point. And the, the reason they pushed it, as far as I can understand, is because the measures that are in place do not work. And that's, that's the bottom line. Well, is we've, okay. we've 13, 13 months of silly measures that do not work. Okay. Yeah, I, I, Klaus, I, I've got your point, and I know there's a lot of people that yep. agree with you. Thanks Thank for you. the call, Thank sir. Uh, that's Klaus. Okay, let's go to Glenn. Glenn, your thoughts on what's going on in our province right now. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and first point is, I really hope that you would become full-time, and you did, so congratulations, buddy. You're very good at your job. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, Premier Jason Kenney has a tough job. I appreciated listening to your interview this morning, and he's not playing politics like many others want to. He's worried about people's lives. And secondly, you know, I look at my family, and they've all followed the rules, and they're all very upset. I got a new great-granddaughter that I couldn't go see, Mm -hmm. but they're following the rules, and I haven't lost anybody. However, just one little point here. Last week, (coughs) excuse me, last week I visited an old friend who lost her partner she was married to 40 years because of all this, and it's devastated her. And so these people that are doing these things, and I totally loved your answers to that previous caller, these people are doing these things. If they lost somebody that close to them, maybe they'd wake up and realize, yes, it's tough, but we haven't locked down 100%, like Mr. Kenny said. We're no, he, 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 hard with each other. He has worked hard to try and find a balance, and I think maybe he's worked too hard, and it would have been easier to go a different direction. Um, but you're well, right, I, and, right I, and I do I not envy the position pre- he's in. I don't want a premier that's going to whoopee-whoop, oh, well, I might not get elected if I work hard to try to find a balance And the most important thing, and I know Jason Kenney, the most important thing to him is Albertans' lives. And people have to stop and say, look, we're almost there, guys. Yeah, just hang on, right? Just hang on. Yeah, Yeah. and and Shay, you said it a hundred times. I listen to you all the time because I live on the road. And I follow the rules 100%. And I'm telling you right now, if the people of Alberta want a whippy-whoppy, just have another trickle. Kenny's doing a hell of a good
good job, and he needs some of these Albertans to stand up who are being quiet and jump on it and say, uh-uh, this is Alberta. We stand up for what's right. We don't wimpy-wappy. He's got big balls, and I salute him for it. Okay, Thank thanks very say. much, Glenn. Appreciate the call. So there you go. I mean, I think he makes a really good point that it is a tough spot for any elected leader. But you know what? That's the gig, man. You signed up for it. Uh, it, it you, you wanted to you wanted to be the man in charge, uh, come what may. Uh, and uh, sure, you didn't see a pandemic around the corner, but here it is. So now you got to deal with it, and people are going to call you out, right, wrong. You know, everybody has an opinion on this, so it's not easy. I agree with that. We need to take a quick break for the 1030 News. Stay on the line. I'll get to your calls when we come back right after. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. After this. All right, good morning, everybody. Lots of you wanting to weigh in on what we've heard, uh, what we saw in the province this weekend, and what the Premier had to say about it on our interview a little bit earlier. Um, so, let's get right to it. Scott, I think, thinks I blew the interview. Hi, Scott, how are you? Oh, good, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. What are your thoughts? Um... So I, I I think you might have been a little harder on Klaus than you were on the Premier, and I think they uh, had a bunch of equal amount of mistruth. Um, I guess you did call the Premier out for calling COVID a flu, mm-hmm. um, which is enhanced in the legislature, so that's pretty ridiculous. That yeah, I quoted it. I quoted it, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, on the curriculum, I'm an educator, and um, I think the most egregious thing he said is that we don't teach about Confederation in the current curriculum. And, and that's been in place since the early 2000s so under the PC government. But that's ludicrous and completely untrue. Okay. I'm glad you're correcting the record. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and one other, I mean, there. so both LaGrange and Kenny are always citing or speaking of this decline in academic performance in Alberta. And, and standardized testing has many, many, many flaws. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the proof is not there. Nobody ever asked them for their proof. Canada, or Alberta, sorry, has stayed constant in reading math science in the top echelon of the world we're at the, at the top in canada ranking eighth in math and the score stayed exactly the same on the pisa test mm-hmm. which is one of the most widely um circulated ones and we scored ahead of finland which is an education superpower so this narrative that that education in alberta has been struggling is, is really just not true um, the, the deeper threats to education in alberta are that we're not funding for per student growth and that so many of those education assistants who were let go at the beginning of the pandemic have not been rehired. And, um, yeah, like a curriculum is never going to dictate how teachers teach. It's, it's always going to be a list of uh, learning outcomes. Um, so this whole, like, false flag about discovery math is not a thing. And I wish that people would, would start well, to Well, I mean, our, our, ma- our math scores are, are, are tanking. And a lot of people, Where's I know proof, I... Jay? Where's the proof? What test proves that? Because the PISA what about PISA scores? Are exactly the same in 2015 to 2018. No, they aren't. Where are the math scores tanking, Shay? If you take a look at our PISA scores going back to when they started in 2003 to now, we have fallen from fifth in the world to twelfth in the world, and our scores in Alberta are down seven percent over the course of the last three years. We scored a 511 in 2015, and we scored a 511 in 2018. Okay, go back and to 2003. Discovery math didn't start Finland in 2015. 
Pardon me? Discovery Math didn't start in 2015. Go back to 2003. Discovery Math doesn't exist, Shay. Discovery Math is not a thing. It's a, it's a talking point from Jason Kenney, but it does not exist. Okay, call it, call it what you want. Um, I have kids who went through the education system a few years ago, and I know countless parents that I've spoken to. Um, the way that I learned math in the 70s and the way they learned it in the 2000s is night and day. It is not the same. You can't say, you don't call it discovery math if you don't want to. They have changed the way that math is taught. That's, it's undeniable. Well, yeah, because research evolved. We have changed the way that we've taught. And scores and have gone down. Are there, some, are there some math teachers, are there some educators out there who could use more support in teaching math? Absolutely. Like, does every school have a math specialist? No. Does every school have a physical education specialist? No. So should we be having those hard conversations about how we support public education in Alberta? A hundred percent. But don't tell me that our scores have drastically declined when we're ahead of Finland, which is supposed to be the best country in the whole world, Shay. It's there is not a crisis. We're trying to invent one where one doesn't exist. The crisis is that the government has successively pulled support from education and tries to undermine teachers and professionals in our jobs at every turn. Okay. Scott, I appreciate your call. Uh, I got your point. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let's go to, um, who's next here? Barb. Let's check in with Barb, see what she thinks about what's going on in our province right now. Hi, Barb. Hi there. How are you this morning, Shay? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for calling. Good, and congratulations on the new show. I listen every morning. Oh, thank you very much. I just want to say that um, I have been a Bible-believing Christian for 37 years, and it's I find it very disheartening uh, what the church is out, or the church in Spruce Grove is doing. In my personal personal opinion, I would have hoped that the churches, synagogues, places of worship would have stood alongside, provided places for vaccination sites, uh, had their pastors and uh, congregates or their deacons were walking along uh, your average community churchgoer to get their vaccine and get through this together, not put up obstacles and create such havoc that's unnecessary. Yeah, and so many, um, you know, faith communities have done that. It, it doesn't matter. You look right across the province and right across the country, and 99.9% have managed to pivot and get it done, you know, w- without too much hassle. So um, you're, you're right. That, that is an issue. Uh, I appreciate the call, Barb. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Okay, let's go to uh, Kim. Kim wants to weigh in on uh, the vaccination situation. Hi, Kim. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for your integrity. I really appreciate the fact-checking and the challenges that you're making to your um, callers. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, I just it frustrates me to no end that Jason Kenney talks about how we need the schools to keep running to keep the economy rolling, but he's not vaccinating the teachers. Mm-hmm. What good is a school with no teachers? I know, I know. You're right. It's... Um uh, I mean, you know what, I, and I think part of the problem is to, to give him a little bit of leeway here, Kim. Um, you know, there's not a single group in the province that doesn't think they're justified in being vaccinated early. And you know what, many of them are. They're right, firefighters. I mean, there's an outbreak in Calgary right now where 150 firefighters have been sidelined because of COVID and close contacts with COVID. So should firefighters be moved up? Yeah, but not everybody can be moved up. There has to be some kind of an order, and they're all really solid sound arguments for why they should be moved up. I guess you got to draw the line somewhere, and then you're going to be criticized for where you draw the line. Well, sorry, I don't agree with you for firefighters, because my understanding is the firefighters union wanted them to work 24-hour shifts. So they're locked in a fire hall like a frat house, and they're sleeping there. Mm -hmm. How is that helping with COVID prevention? So uh, I'll just move away from that, because I know that's a... (laughs) 
<laughs> another sensitive topic. But the other thing I wanted to say, too, is I find um, Jason Kenney just, um, if he wants to deliver a message to those protesters, you know, when he campaigned um, to try to get this job, he drove his little pickup truck all around Alberta delivering messages. And right now, when he delivers his message to these protesters, when he delivers that on a communication symbol that they don't tune into, those aren't the people that tune in to find out what the next changes are going to be. Why doesn't he drive his pickup truck to those rallies and deliver his message in person to those people? And right. maybe that would go a long way to delivering a message and sinking it into those people that what they're doing is just delaying the opening. It's harming businesses and it's harming everybody else. It's not doing any good for anybody. They can protest. All they need to do is wear their masks. Yeah, Kim, but if he goes if he goes traveling around delivering his message in person, he's going to get yelled at for traveling around and meeting with people. Um, so, I mean... Not if he's standing on the back of his truck, <laughs> right? Oh, he, so he's physically distanced, and I'm not suggesting he has to go to every single rally. All those rallies get, um, get promoted through social media. Yeah, All he has yeah. to do is give those people a little bit of attention that they're crying out for by having the Premier show up to one of their rallies and explain to them why what they're doing isn't helping the situation in person. And I think that would go a long, a long way, because right now he's delivering a message where there's no audience for it. Okay, interesting point. Thanks very much, Kim. I appreciate the call. I'm just going to keep moving here. Uh, we've got a bunch. Let's check in with Drew, who wants to weigh in on what he's heard this morning. Hi, Drew. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was just uh, wanting to weigh in on the Three Hills gentleman there, and he was saying that uh, the smoke and mirrors and this and that is not working. I don't totally agree with all the lockdowns and the measures, but when we do lock down, our numbers have gone down in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Every, yeah, I mean, you look at wave one, you look at wave two, what happened? The cases spiked, we brought in restrictions, cases came down. Yeah, yeah. so I, I wouldn't go with smoke and mirrors, and if you want to go on private property and you have a problem with a man holding a gun, don't go on private property. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, th- that whole private property thing, that's just another wrinkle that got thrown in this weekend. And, uh, you know, and uh, we're hearing reports of racial slurs and there was things thrown at his vehicle and things like that. It's a volatile situation, and I fear for what may happen next week. Um, for sure. We need and just that. one one more point, and if you, uh, I don't know if you heard anything about Quebec yesterday and uh, their yeah, the rioting in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, that didn't sound very good either. That's not going to help us. No, exactly. Do we end up there? Is that what's next? Uh yeah, it might. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm worried about. Me, but... me too. Me too. Right. Have a good day. You too. Thanks very much, Drew. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's take a couple of texts here before we need to take a break. Um, uh, listeners weighing in on uh, the curriculum statement made by the teacher, um, the educator who called. I believe the premier said the new proposed NDP curriculum did not teach Confederation, not the current one. An important distinction there. Thank you for that. Um, uh, other people weighing in about what we saw in terms of firefighters. She's saying that firefighters don't need to be vaccinated. Uh, a lot of firefighters not happy. As a firefighter, I'd like to know how happy she'd be if all the firefighters had to drive to the hall first to get to her house if it was on fire. Fair point. I mean, firefighters uh, stay in the fire hall because they're there when the call comes in, and, and that's sort of the way that the shifts have been set up. And uh, you know what? I mean, if you want to talk about who who has no control over the environment they're called into work at, firefighters are pretty high on that list. Does that mean that they should go ahead of teachers? I don't know. Teachers have a pretty good argument, too. What about dentists? They had, they had a big argument. They got moved up. So everybody has a reason why they should be moved up, and all of them are good arguments.